the Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio. Welcome to another episode of Rock and Roll American Football. Uh, I'm Jay Lawrence. H- has there been some some stuff going on over the last few days? Oh, I feel like this has just been a, a a quiet week, to be honest with you, within the NFL. Uh, when I say quiet, I mean extremely busy. Um, I'm just by myself today, and I just feel like a little bit overwhelmed by how much there is to talk about. It feels like I don't need I need more than one person with me to talk about it. I feel like I need multiple people to talk with uh, to me about lots and lots of different things because that's how much it feels. Like. I've just remembered another thing. Just on the side of my head, I've just remembered another thing that I want to talk about. I feel like the actual football itself. I feel like the the Super Bowl itself is almost on the back burner, and I think it will be probably until like Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday, something like that, which is outrageous to say, because this is proper Super Bowl time, isn't it? I mean, we know who's in the Super Bowl now, but there's been more stories. Two stories that have come out that some, you could argue, you know, you could argue are bigger than the Super Bowl itself, which is just madness. It is madness to say. Uh, So I suppose I've got to start with the, the, not the Super Bowl stuff. You've got to do the most important stuff first, don't you? You've got to do the most important stuff first. And we'll start with Tom Brady, who has officially retired. And all the news came out, didn't it, last, uh, I think it was last Saturday, uh, Adam Schefter, Jeff Darlington reported that um, Tom Brady's going to retire and then literally about half an hour later, his dad and his agent are like, no, 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 he's not retiring. He's still thinking about it. And then the news comes out that Tom Brady called Jason Light, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers general manager, and was like, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. No, you weren't. I would be interested to know if that conversation ever happened, though, with Jason Light, uh, if, if he ever did actually call him. Because if he did call him saying, oh, I'm still thinking about it, and then three days later comes out with, oh, no, I'm actually retiring. If I was, if I was Jason Light, I'd be like, Tom, mate. Tom, Tom you could have just told me. You could have told me. Um, regardless, it doesn't really matter, I suppose, that Tom Brady really just wanted to um, just uh, put it out there on his own terms via an Instagram post. Uh, Tom Brady retiring, which is actually mad to think about. I saw the stat today saying that Jamar Chase, who obviously is going to be in the Super Bowl with the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, was not alive when Tom Brady started playing in the NFL, which is mad to think about. I think it really is. This is a man who I remember a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, people were saying Tom Brady's had two um, Hall of Fame careers. I remember at the time I was thinking two Hall of Fame careers? No. I think he'd have a push for three. Now he definitely would. He would definitely have a push for three separate Hall of Fame careers. Just being one man. It's ridiculous. And the thing is, is that, yeah, you could say that, you know, he went down... Um, in a, in a sort of a sad way, you know, losing to the LA Rams uh, in the divisional round, of course, uh, in the playoffs. Um, but at the same time, the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl the year prior means that his reputation is just about as good as it could have been. And the fact that he was playing so well, arguable MV, MVP level this year, just means that his career will never be touched. You know, I, I'm 30 years old and I will never ever, I'm confident in saying this, I'll never ever see a more accomplished NFL player, specifically quarterback, I suppose, uh, than Tom Brady. 
I mean, it usually will be a quarterback, uh, just to age reasons, I suppose, because they'll play longer generally. But there's nobody else out there. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is an extremely talented quarterback. He will not be as accomplished in his life as Tom Brady has been. Aaron Rodgers is obviously a very accomplished quarterback. There's no way he is winning another, you know, five Super Bowls, whatever it is, to get to the point where Tom Brady is, is uh, to, to where Tom Brady is. And it's just not going to happen in any way. So no one in the history of NFL, I believe, will be, ever be as good as Tom Brady. Well, just in terms of pure winning. And at the end of the day, as much as it is about yards, as much as it is about touchdowns and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Winning is what matters in this league. Winning is what matters. And that's what he's done. Uh, and he's also been, um, you know, quite admirably, I suppose, in this way, the guy that makes everybody better, which is um, testament. You're not riding a wave, are you? You're not riding a wave of just good players. And that's not to say that the Bucks didn't have good players Obviously, they did when they won the Super Bowl. And that's not to say that the Pats haven't had good players, but he made everybody better around him. Um, and all you hear about is how, as a teammate, is exactly what people want him to be as a teammate, uh, a leader, I suppose. And, you know, there has been things that have gone on uh, over the last, you know, 10 years or whatever that people are going to be like, well, you remember this? You remember Deflate Gate and all of that? No, it's going to be it's going to be put behind him. There's People are not going to speak about Deflate Gate. Uh, in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years. They're not going to. They're going to speak about the rings (laughs) on his fingers, uh, and which there are plenty. So Tom Brady retiring, and I can honestly say the NFL will be worse without him. I I don't think there's any doubt about that. The NFL will be worse without him. Um, And it it just means that the NFC South now in particular is completely in flux uh, a friend of mine said to me the other day, the NFC South is going to be the new NFC East with uh, the New Orleans Saints not having a head coach currently. Carolina Panthers just having issues all around and the Atlanta Falcons just being the Atlanta Falcons. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers no longer have Tom Brady. Well, they don't, they don't have a quarterback, but without Tom Brady, who's going to be as good as Tom Brady? So that's story one out of the way, I suppose. And that is a big, big story, obviously. And then you've got to get to the Brian Flores stuff, which... Um, is incredible, really. And it's difficult for me to really um, speak about because it's it's extremely detailed. Um, But this is all to do with Brian Flores, the the, the now former Miami Dolphins head coach, um, filing a, a lawsuit against the NFL and three of its teams, the Broncos, Dolphins and Giants, alleging a pattern of uh, racist hiring practices by the league and racial discrimination. Uh, and I suppose as, as a completely almost different thing as well, the suit also alleges that uh, the Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, um, said to Flores that he would pay him for every loss during the 2019 campaign, uh, which was Flores' first with the club. So that Miami would end up with a top pick in the 2020 draft and I remember at the time do you know what it's just I mean it's not I suppose it's not funny at all but like just looking back on it there was a whole thing do you remember this there was a whole thing about the Miami Dolphins tanking like because they just they performed really badly initially and then they managed to to uh, string a few wins together but the idea that uh, you know uh, uh, an owner can say um, you know, I'm going to pay you an extra, and this is what's alleged, by the way, that I can pay you an extra $100,000 per loss. 
uh, is quite something. Um, and look, it's going to be investigated. And Stephen Ross, the owner of Miami Dolphins, has come out and said that he takes great, and I quote, great personal exception to these malicious attacks. And he says that he's going to uh, co- cooperate fully with the NFL's expected investigation. Uh, Hugh Jackson, the former Cleveland Browns coach, has also come out and said, uh, well, I think, it, I believe, implied that something similar had happened to him whilst he was uh, the head coach at the Cleveland Browns. Um, and of course, that's just part of the lawsuit that um, uh, that uh, Brian Flores is putting towards uh, against uh, the NFL and these clubs, uh, including a, a uh, interesting um, conversation that he had with Bill Belichick, uh, all done via text. So Brian Flores has an interview lined up at the New York Giants. And he basically finds out from Bill Belichick that it looks like the New York Giants have already got their guy prior to this interview having taken place between Brian Flores and the New York Giants. Now, the Rooney rule dictates that um, uh, the NFL teams need uh, to interview minority candidates for head coaching and football operations opportunities in senior manager positions. Obviously, I'm just I'm sort of quoting uh, there, really. Um, so the idea being that Brian Flores um, was only interviewing so they could get around, you know, they could, because of the Rooney rule, but in reality that they'd already decided their position beforehand. This is all what Brian Flores alleges. I have to say that the uh, the conversation between him and Bill Belichick is rather odd to read to be honest because Bill Belichick literally the the like you know the, the the only reason this all comes out is because Bill Belichick gets his Brian's wrong. He thinks that they're they that the New York Giants are going to be hiring Brian Flores but in fact they're talking about Brian Dayball. I mean this I don't know if this whole thing would have come out if you know, Brian Flores was called Chad or, you know, Brian Dayball was called called Keith or something like that, you know. Uh, it'd be uh, all a little bit different, let's say. I'm going to be interested to see how this one all turns out. And, and honestly, um, it is well known that the NFL is not as diverse in senior positions as it should be. Head coaching positions, general manager positions, certainly ownership positions. Um, so... If if what Brian Flores alleges actually did happen, then obviously it needs to be rooted out. It needs to be corrected, and um, you know, even if even if they're if, if they're found to um, to not uphold it or whatever the the legal terminology might be, more still needs to be done within the NFL, I believe, especially when you have the majority of the players uh, being uh, of a of an ethnic background different to own to the to every single owner uh okay so that's two of the things done and dusted should we get on to some actual football and i feel like it's been a few days so all of this is sort of just like you know done and dusted now people are, are aware of who is in the super bowl um people are you know probably rooting for one team more than another i can expect but still it was quite a uh, quite a weekend in the conference round where the Cincinnati Bengals came from behind to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. That was a surprise, I'm going to be honest with you. And then the LA Rams, you know, they just about squeak by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, two fourth seeds 
uh, in their respective divisions facing off against each other. I wonder how often this happens. Um, but can we be honest? Can we be frank? Can we be friendly? And can we all admit the uh, absolute truth when we say that 99% of the people watching this game are going to be at least spiritually from Ohio? <laughs> My heart is in Ohio uh, because, you know, Cincinnati Bengals, they have not won a game in the playoffs since the early 90s, let alone uh, actually being in the Super Bowl, let alone being an actual contender. Uh, and I think that that's not just the reason why people seem to like the the Bengals. Obviously, the underdog mentality and all of that business, I totally understand that, totally appreciate it, and I'm buying into it as well. But you've got two of the most exciting players in the NFL, in my opinion, and they, and they are in the same team. They have been playing with each other for years, and they are still managing to get that connection between uh, the Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow, and between... Um, Jamar Chase as well, the wide receiver for the Bengals. You know, they've got so much more going for them, the Bengals. They really do. Uh, they have some weaknesses as well, don't get me wrong. But those two players lining up with each other, it just means that no matter what the score is, it feels like they've always got a chance. And I feel like when you're a fan of an NFL team, if you feel like you've got a chance, then that can do so much for you. Now, I'm talking in the long term, but just in this particular game, it's still the case. You know, they've shown that they can come behind, uh, come back from a big, big deficit in that last game against the Kansas City Chiefs, against, you know, one of the most exciting quarterbacks that we've ever seen in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes, and they still managed to win the Bengals. So if they're able to do that against the Chiefs, who says they can't do that against the Rams? Mm, why not? Why cannot they, Why can't they do that? Uh, so I think that that's you know the exciting thing to look for if you're a Bengals fan. The the not so exciting thing is to think about what that pass rush is going to do to you. Now the LA Rams they uh, trade for Von Miller from the Denver Broncos earlier on this season, which means that uh, uh, Aaron Donald and Von Miller are on that same line against each other. Von Miller's been showing up over the last few games. Aaron Donald does what Aaron Donald does, and the offensive line from the Bengals could be better. Yeah, that's just a nice way of saying it. Well, it is, though, isn't it? This is a nice way of saying it. The offensive line from the Cincinnati Bengals could be a tad better. That doesn't mean that they aren't going to be able to suffice in this game, but it does mean that that is going to be a weakness, you know, all along. You've got Aaron Donald, Von Miller coming against you. Uh, Joe Burrow does have that, you know, ability for extra plays you know, to get out of those situations. That's one thing that I did see in that Kansas City game that I didn't see the week before, and that is Joe Burrow escaping the pass rush a bit more in ways that you're just like, how did he manage to do that? He's going to have to do that uh, in LA. He's going to have to do that. Uh, so the Cincinnati Bengals versus the LA Rams in the Super Bowl. I mean, we've got a little while to sort of get ahead of this, don't we, really? But um, it is not the Super Bowl that I think that a lot of people thought that was going to happen even last week even you know definitely not the week before or the week before that you know and yet it's happened and yet the Bengals are in the Super Bowl and I've already been looking for some some Bengals merchandise I want something with Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase on it I'm not a Bengals fan but I feel like uh, as a New Orleans Saints fan as a sort of LSU fan I can get behind those two LSU legends kind of the national champs um, and quite a few years as well for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase because in twenty early 2020, they win the national championship uh, with uh, LSU. Uh, Joe Burrow gets taken number one. He then tears his ACL. He then comes back and gets into his Super Bowl. 
just want to bear in mind that that is literally that's just over 24 months let alone covid <laughs> comes into the situation as well that's just over 24 months and you've got to remember for jamar chase as well i know i'm focusing on these two particular players but i think there's good reason for it for jamar chase as well he wins the national championship he takes a year off playing full stop because of covid and then he uh, comes in, and then he gets drafted in the first round, first wide receiver taken in the draft, and then again he gets to the Super Bowl. It's it's incredible stuff, really. It is really dreamlike stuff, and all they need to do is now win that thing. Um, you know, and I think that it's okay to feel like you're supporting them because I definitely am supporting them. Look, there's going to be so much more to talk about over the next week uh, and 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 longer uh, whilst the. Um, we get excited for the Super Bowl and whilst we can really think about, you know, all the little bits and pieces that are going to go into the game, you know, more so than usual. Uh, but that can come, can't it? That can come over the next week or so. Do you know what else? Do you know what else I'm looking forward to? The halftime show. The halftime show of the Super Bowl, which features Eminem, it features Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and I'm probably missing people as well. That is the best Super Bowl halftime show lineup than I think since Maroon 5. Uh, that was a joke, just to clarify, because I think we should all just remember Maroon 5 did a Super Bowl once and it was the most vanilla, bland thing that I've ever seen. I mean, he took his shirt off. Why? What, what are you doing, mate? It's just, you're not rock and roll. It's not like the Rolling Stones up there, is it? Let's be honest. Uh, all right, um, I'll be back next week on the Rock and Roll American Football podcast. Um, thank you for joining me and for dealing with my rambles. The Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio.